Lieutenant, how old are you? 23. You're 23, and you're chief of security on a starship. Salaeans don't usually join the military, so when one of us does, the Union generally fast-tracks us. Well, I'm, I'm sure they know what they're doing. Second episode of the Trek Trudge spin-off, where we do other Trek-related media. Uh, I'm James, back again, and uh, today we're joined by two trudging veterans, uh, Jan van den Hamel. Hello. And Byron. Glad to be here. Good to have you. Hi. Hello. Um, yeah, good to be back. Yeah. Uh, uh, because, of course, uh, Byron and Jan were the original panellists of this deal, and I have <laughs> usurped uh, that role. Yeah, the throne. Um, so, this week we're doing The Orville, the Seth MacFarlane series. I, I actually didn't intend to... Like, I wasn't thinking of this when I decided to do a spin-off thing, but I guess it it's inevitable that the you know, series that has all the Star mm -hmm. Trek people working on it is something that we would look at. Right. I think um, uh, the fact that you're you're discussing it on this show, which is about uh, Star Trek fan films and so on, yeah. already says everything about the Orville. Yeah. Um, it's not... It's basically really an expensive that, fan film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, that was what one of the reviews that I read said. They mm -hmm. said... Um, that Seth wanted to cosplay being captain of the USS Enterprise <laughs> and Fox let him do it. Mm -hmm. Right. That was Liz Miller from IndieWire. Um, yeah. I was actually a little bit surprised um, by this yeah. show because the trailer presented it in what I thought it would be uh, kind of a TNG parody, which is what I would expect from Seth MacFarlane. I'm not sure what took him so long. But the actual show is not really what the trailer promises. In fact, all the jokes are in the trailer, I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's um, actually far more serious. And this is what or... a lot of people have been saying. Um, I've also been reading another piece from Liz that says that the show would be much better, she thinks, if it was a half-hour comedy instead of right. an hour long. And I would... I would agree with that, I think, because there seems to be a lot of, uh, like, negative space in it, um, where, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of, like, pauses and the jokes fall flat a lot of the time as a result, yeah. I think. I think that the reason Family Guy worked is most of the jokes maybe were not good, but there was mm -hmm. a constant barrage of jokes, so some of them just had to be funny. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Just a joke, 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 and then some of them will be funny. So, yeah, I think if he, yeah. he'd done that with this, it would have worked as well. Um, and I guess I but should then, also I say guess, that um, yeah. we're only reviewing the the pilot episode, Old Wounds, mm -hmm. for this show. I haven't seen any of the other episodes. I'm I'm not sure how many have been released at this point. 
maybe only just only the pilot. It premiered last last weekend as of recording. I hear the that. second episode will be premiering tonight as of recording. Um, I hear that the third episode, uh, the critics are saying it's very problematic. Oh, really? Yep. The third episode, not not the one that's airing tonight. Not the one that's airing tonight. Um, it's it attempts to do a sci-fi take on gender that apparently um, is not in in step with where uh, perhaps cultural understandings of gender are right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, I know I know nothing of it beyond that. So well, I know it, it looks like in the um, the second episode that's premiering tonight. Although actually, sorry, I think I think I know what this might be. I think it's the um, I forget the the name of the character and his uh, position, but it's like a non the dwarf character. You mean you mean Bordas? Yeah. Bordas. No, it's, I don't think it's about him, but I'm not sure. Well, I know there's going to be an episode. It may or may not be tonight's episode where, um, like, he lay, lays an egg. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Right. It um, shows him, like, in bed with his partner, which is clearly another, like, big, burly, uh, male-looking <laughs> alien. Um, that uh, sounds funny. It probably is. <laughs> Liz said that the the um, same sex relationship wasn't played for laughs, so I'll I'll, um, right. I'll take that one as as uh, they can have that one. Yeah. Um, so, uh, just giving I guess, my take, I, I agree with you guys that it's uh, it's I, it's totally inconsistent and it it's right. either not jokey enough or not serious enough, but it's mm-hmm. sort of halfway in between. Uh, yeah. I don't it's also not, it. it's not really bad. It's, no, I, it's no, just kind of I, it just sort of is. I kind of enjoyed it. I just really thought say. like the Seth MacFarlane jokes um mm. interspliced were yeah. sort of almost perfunctory. Like, oh I'm Seth MacFarlane, mm. there has to be some of these jokes in here. Yeah. They are. I I would yeah. say that uh it has legs as a fan film. I wouldn't really think it has legs as a series, but who knows, maybe it will grow. You know, I mean I, I don't agree it. with that because it's it's not a fan, but its own, its own thing. Um, like, no, but if this was something that you were seeing, you know, at a convention that some fans had made, then it'd be like, oh, that's, fu- that's fine, you know. <laughs> yeah, technically, it's like fine. a completely original property, though. Like, it's not. You mean if like they People were calling that. this like, like the, a Star Trek? I think the Star Trek Continues studio is now making original sci-fi, or you know, that that tends to happen after a while because they start getting cease and desist letters, and they realize, well, we've got all right. this infrastructure to make these productions, so we may as well just you know make something with different right. names slapped on it. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Mm. Is that what happened to the Annexar or what whatever it's called studio? Those guys who got sued. Um. The yeah. Axonar. Um, Axonar. Yeah. It's that might have been them that I was thinking of, but th- this is like a recurring thing that you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the state of that is right now. I, I thought that they had got permission to make a shorter version of the movie, yeah. but I, I haven't been keeping up with that. I think they settled out of court or something. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. So um, we should get into the episode itself then uh the the recap uh i 
not a lot really happens, so I'm uh, I'm hoping not to be too detailed with the recap. But um, anyway, we open on Earth. It's 2418, and we get the stock scene where um, the husband walks in on the wife with another man, who in this case is a blue Retepsian alien. Retepsian, yeah. I was trying yeah. to remember. <laughs> Um, and uh, the wife is Adrian Palicki, who has apparently been in a few things here or there, but I didn't recognise her. I've I've put down the names of the actors for all the characters in my notes, but I think in most instances it's probably not going to matter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you guys recognise many guest stars? Only the lady who was also in 24, uh, the president's wife or something like that. Right. Oh yeah, Cherry. Yeah. Cherry Palmer. She's the doctor or the psychologist. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, Palecki was in um, Marvel's Agents of Shield, which is a yeah, terrible show. Right. Um, yeah. Apparently, the um, navigator. Uh, oh, I forget his name. Um, Lamar. The. No, the other one that does all the. The space tricks. The one that drinks. Malloy. Malloy, yeah. He apparently is the voice of uh, the American dad. Yeah, Scott Grimes. He's, yeah. he's, he's in it. I'm not sure if he's the voice, because Seth is the voice. I, I thought he was... Son. Oh, he's, he's the son. Yeah. I'm going to have to... I'll look this up. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, one year later, after the cheating incident, uh, Admiral Halsey, played by Victor Garber, uh, gives um, Mercer, which Ed Mercer is um, Seth MacFarlane's name. He gives him a new ship, um, and like we've all seen the trailer, so we know how that goes. He goes to pick up his helmsman, who is the aforementioned Gordon Malloy, uh, from the holodeck, which I don't think they use the word holodeck. And he's fighting what? an ogre samurai, which is mm-hmm. pretty neat, I guess. Yeah, that's that's probably the only really funny scene. <laughs> that, um, I, that wasn't in the trailer. There, there I, are three funny jokes, but yeah, that was one of them. I probably agree with that count. Um, I thought one of the really lame jokes was really funny, but we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> then um, right after that, they we go directly into homage mode, and we have an homage to the scene in Star Trek: The Motion Picture where uh, they do the fly around of the Enterprise. With like the music playing, and you get to see the mm-hmm. angles of the ship. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But the <laughs> twist this time is that Malloy has already started drinking, and he nearly crashes them. <laughs> ha, ha, mm-hmm. ha, ha, ha. So, um, Pretty funny. Really not. He he song. played um he plays Steve Smith, which is the son. That is the American son. Dad. Yeah. Um. He's also yeah. from Lowell, Massachusetts, which is near here. Wow. Near here. <laughs> Amazing, you can yeah. go say hi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Except he's probably too Get him on the show. Working yeah. in Fox. Get him on the podcast. Yeah, I should. I'll just try. Hey, if, he if probably, you're listening... He probably lives in California now, though. Mr. Grimes. Yeah, that that time ain't going to work uh, for them, is it? Because we'd be recording at like 6 a.m. for them. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, he wouldn't want to do it. Then uh, we, we're keeping in motion picture mode because uh, the next mode is 
the, the next scene is the um, they have a crew assembly in the hangar, which is a direct um, uh, homage to the the scene where Captain Kirk inexplicably gets the whole crew um, in in the hangar of the the refitted Enterprise and gives them a speech for like no real reason. It's just like so that they can have everyone there. To boost morale. I think it's also in, the uh, in TNG. Right. They also do that. Yeah, they did. Well, wasn't that just like the um, the senior officers? Well, they they clear everyone out after that, and then we meet the senior officers. Um, and there's a lot more actors with names here, but probably skip them. So the 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 first one that we meet is the pointy ears lady, who um, seems to me to be a a stand-in for Balana from Voyager. She seems kind of right. similar, like kind of mm-hmm. like, like a a young woman with funny forehead. Yeah, yeah, um, she looks a lot like Alana. And from the Voyager. the idea of her character is a bit from uh, John Carter from Mars, right? Right. Yes, she has super strength because of low gra- well, yeah. high gravity on her planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's also a, a little bit of an homage to um, the um, to Dragon Ball Z. When Goku oh, really? goes to the um, the tiny planet with super gravity to train. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, I didn't know about that. Interesting. I think it's like ten times the Earth's gravity, and then later they train. They take a spaceship to planet Namek and turn up the artificial gravity on the spaceship to a hundred times Earth's gravity mm-hmm. to train. So we're drawing from a mm-hmm. wide array of sources, clearly. Yeah. This, I think, this is I think probably John Carter is older. Yeah, yeah, I think this um, is probably a John Carter reference. Um, I want to get your guys' take on this. It's it. I'm not quite sure or not whether the thing about affirmative action was intended to be a joke or not, um, because she says the character's name is Alara, and she says that, um, uh, my species doesn't often join the military, so when we do. Uh, the Union, which is this universe's version of the Federation, tends to fast-track us. And mm-hmm. then Seth MacFarlane says, I'm sure they know what they're doing. I, just wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't sure if he was making a joke about affirmative action or... I don't. I didn't get that at all. I thought it was like, mm-hmm. you're really strong. It would be great for you to be in the military. Mm-hmm. Is it, yeah, I don't know. A lot, of his, a lot of his line readings, I'm not sure if he's joking or not. Yeah. Because... It's mostly because of the editing, really. That's what the editing in the well. show is really weird, especially in the beginning. Like, he in the scene, for example, where he's talking to the uh, admiral, uh, the the camera just keeps cutting around for no real reason. Just like here's another camera angle, here's another one, hmm. unmotivated, but very strange. Do you think it might be like you would you would there are probably different ways one would edit a comedy versus a, a science fiction program oh, and they're for sure. trying to split the difference. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, like, I guess comedy like, is really brightly lit and wider shots and, and like uh, drama, your clothes and, and like, like the cut is the punchline to the, like the timing, another strange but, thing about the editing. Mm-hmm. Like it, it draws a lot from TNG, but in TNG it's, you have very clear always a camera setup where one person is talking and another is listening. But the person who's talking is always on camera. They always cut to the person who's talking, like in a soap uh, opera almost. Yeah. But in this, 
the camera often goes to uh, Seth MacFarlane even if somebody else is talking. <laughs> so you kind of you see the talking person's the back of their head, and then you just see him nodding like. Mm, mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very strange. It's like they classic. Like wow, he's the funny Seth guy. We need to keep on. Yeah, we are. He's always got to be the center of attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder if that's his, him being uh, narcissistic or that's the studio being afraid that the other actors are not funny. I don't know. Well, the other actors mostly aren't funny. Um, like, for instance, uh, Mr. Lamar, the... Uh, I'm not sure what his job is. Some sort of... Which um, he's... Um, He's the stand-in for LeVar Burton, because mm-hmm. oh, right. Lamar, LeVar, <laughs> I didn't realize that. Um, That's funny. Uh, I don't think he has a single, like, funny line reading. What about the, the soda? Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. I'll give you the soda. Yep. Um, I, I do think it's funny. I do think it's funny that they call it a work. Like in Star Trek, it's all it's their calling to be in Starfleet or whatever. But mm. in this show, they really just consider it their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's the vibe. Like, I mean, it's not laugh out loud funny, but I like that concept. That's the vibe I got from this character. He's just kind of there because it's his job. Um, yeah. Kind of like an office type it's, guy. He's just kind of sitting there tolerating what's going on around him. Right. And likes his soda. That, that's funny. Like I hope there will be a shot where they have like, uh, you know, those those things they have in an office where you can get some water. Yeah. Like the big cooler. inverted water bottle. I, yeah. I hope they put something like that in the background. That would be funny. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, a scene where somebody has to copy some documents or something. Um, and next we meet Bortus, who I think probably is uh, one of the funnier characters. Um, clearly a stand-in for Worf. And he's from an mm-hmm. all-male species, so hence... Uh, the discussion about his, his boyfriend and him laying an egg in later episodes. Um, and I think this this bit was probably one of the three funny jokes. The the thing about um, uh, his species urinates only once a year and yeah. uh, Mercer says, oh, I'm up two or three times a night and Bortus goes, that is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. That's there's, pretty funny. There's laugh one, I think. By the way, the uh, Lamar is the navigator, um, and um, Malloy is the helmsman. The helmsman, yeah, I knew that because yep. Malloy is the best helmsman in the fleet, apparently, mm-hmm. despite showing up to the job drunk. Well, some people think that they drive a little bit better when they're just a little bit drunk. <laughs> That's probably, not totally drunk. There's probably some truth to that. It's an emotional. Yeah. Truth. I mean, there's. There's truth to, to that they believe it. I think it's been sort of imp- empirically proven to be wrong. <laughs> yeah. well, I think it's a fact that, statistically speaking, a lot of pilots are alcoholics. I read about that somewhere. Right, I saw that movie. It, it goes it goes along with their with like the personality that you need to have to want to be a pilot. Huh. Is that there's also a high percentage of alcoholism. Uh, I guess that's some realism they wanted to sprinkle into it. Mm. It's a deeply realistic show. Uh, yep. The next yeah. person that we meet is the aforementioned... Um, uh, did you guys say she's in Battlestar Galactica? The the Doctor? Uh, 24. Oh, no, 24. Um, yeah, she she played um, the First Lady on the first season. I think so, yeah. So Sherry Palmer. P- 
Penny Johnson Gerald. Uh, more notably, mm-hmm. she was in Star Trek. She was in oh, Deep really? Space Nine. Yep, she played uh, okay. Captain Cisco's love interest, Cassidy Yates. And so her role here is kind of played very deliberately as as like, oh, she's oh, you're a little more experienced than the rest of her. You're here to keep an eye on us. But mm-hmm. um, the fact that uh, none of the three of us actually recognized her as being a, a Star Trek alumnus <laughs> is probably indicative of. Uh, I I sort of recognize her um, in hindsight now, if that helps. Like, yeah. oh yeah, she was in that. Now and I remember. Me too. Like, like that character was she didn't really leave much of an impression. Like she was just written in in like season three or four or whatever. That's it's like, oh, mm-hmm. Cisco needs a love interest. Let's yeah. write in this woman. Well, um, like he couldn't have chosen from any of the uh, like existing casts. Well, clearly like, you would want like a Brent Spiner or something. Yeah, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> Just have like, Brent Spiner yeah. play another robot. It's me, I'm Doctor Spiner. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that the robot character sounds a lot like a Brent Spiner. I yeah, deliberately made him sound alike. Yeah, it's a pity yeah. they went for a guy in a mask though. I think it's cheaper than um, painting a guy in face paint every day. Yeah. Easier, certainly, but I mean, it doesn't even have to be in face paint, but just having a, a human performance is always more interesting, yeah. I think. Mm. Give, give him some answers. Just look at the movie like uh, Ex Machina, you know, did you see that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a very good one. And yeah, the, uh, the only thing about the robot is the girl's face is real. Right. I learned a lesson. Mm-hmm. Everything that else movie. is fake. It's that I can uh. never trust a woman ever, even if she is a robot. Mm-hmm. That's the right I think away. that's what they were going for. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, I'll note that um, before I learned that she uh, was played a previous character, I thought her character seemed um, like a stand-in for Dr. Bashir from Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember in the pilot, uh, he said similar things about, oh, well, you know, I'm going to this backwater place because I want to be stimulated and I want to go where I'm needed rather than yeah. you know, sit comfortably somewhere. That makes sense. Um, By the way, yep. we we haven't mentioned that the pilot was directed by J- John Favreau. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Really? Yeah, the Iron Man yeah. director. You, you really wouldn't know it, would you? Wow. Ah. Not Didn't he have something to do with Galaxy Quest, or am I mistaken? Um, Let me quickly check that. He did Zathura, which was like an uh, outer space right, right, right. Yeah. board yeah, game adventure. Oh, that's a good movie. It's pretty good. Hmm. I don't think it's I ever saw not it. not as good as Jumanji, which it was sort yeah. of a loose oh, sequel to. No, it's very different, but it's also a very good movie. Mm. Which uh, right. they're rebooting. This this year, right. <laughs> looks uh, looks really good. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah. great. Oh, he did which Cowboys the and Rock Aliens as, as well, which as Robin Williams. People really like to hate Cowboys and Aliens, but I liked it. Did it, I mean? Did people hate it, or was it just like oh, maybe unremarkable? They just dismiss it, I guess. Just didn't see it. It was. A, oh, that know, was a good one. It was a fun Agreed. movie with some cowboys and some aliens. Yeah. On the topic of directors, the second episode will be directed by. Yeah. There's like a laundry list. Yeah. (laughs) I can can go through it. Okay. 
um, the second one will be Robert Duncan McNeil, who is um, Tom Paris in Voyager. Tom Paris. Okay. Oh, that was, I didn't know that. Uh, then further episodes will be directed by Brandon Braga, who is the executive producer of the series, and he was also one of the executive producers of, I want to say, Voyager and probably Next Gen. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a, a Star Trek guy. Then Jonathan Frakes is doing one, uh, and there's a few other directors who have also directed Trek episodes. Brandon Braga actually dated Jerry Ryan during the production of Star Trek Voyager. Wowie. <laughs> Jerry, seven of nine, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he knows what he's doing. Impressive. I wonder how long it will be before uh, Johnson Frakes plays an alien in this. <laughs> or Patrick Stewart. Yeah, um, I'm, surpri- I'm, I'm actually surprised that he didn't get Patrick Stewart to like um, mm-hmm. do a cameo in, in the pilot. Yeah. Because like they're, yeah. I think they're friends. He, oh, oh yeah, I, he I know he's friends with all of them. Family guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. saving it for season two, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, if they <laughs> if they get us yeah. season two. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was gonna note something about that, but I've forgotten now. Oh well, I guess um, it doesn't like. John Favreau, pretty good director. It doesn't seem to be helping, so I'm not sure that, uh, like, I'll be tuning in to episode three and four and whatever to see the the Jonathan Frakes episode. Because, like, <laughs> I don't know. Sh- sure, First Contact's a good Star Trek movie, I guess, but that's not necessarily a high bar. <laughs> yeah, but directing in television doesn't really mean a lot. It's uh... right. The the producers of television, that's more the role that a director has on a movie. Oh, it's uh, mm-hmm. the people with the real creative input. Directors just yeah. really the director for hire on a TV show. The sets and the costumes are doing a lot of the work. Right. Let's face it. And the writing. And in, and the writing. And in this case, the third. work that they're doing is this all, the hey, do you remember The Next Generation? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all pretty much, it's it's very reminiscent. Like all the beige and the primary color uniforms, mm-hmm. which is fine. I mean, I like I like the way it looks. It, it looks fine. Yeah, you Special could say effects are it's good. fine. Another thing that you could say is that it is uh, morally and creatively bankrupt. That's what uh, yeah. IndieWire says. Definitely. No, I disagree with that. It's a it's it's a clear homage. <laughs> I mean, it's like if, it is it's an homage, be... but. Sorry, go ahead. I mean, isn't it more interesting to see something new? Yeah, like um, what's, what's this adding exactly? Other than they, I mean, they tell a joke every 10 seconds. I think we just want to, you know, just want to return to that that place where we were comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> right. The, the gentle hum of the engine and, you know. And all the familiar faces, like Cassidy Yates. Yeah, Cassidy Yates. Uh, the last officer that we meet is the the robot. His name's Isaac. Nothing to say about him, really. Uh, so then the next scene after that I thought was one of the worst scenes in the ep, and it's where Malloy and Lamar make introductions to each other, and they just kind of have a little awkward conversation <laughs> about, oh, oh, 
you crashed a thing. Oh, that's oh, it was so that I could impress a girl. Well, I can respect that and say no. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yep. just a terrible scene that can easily be cut. <laughs> so, um, and uh, bad acting, bad writing. Uh, but but now we're we're on to the the oh the the twist of the episode. Who's going to be the executive officer of this ship? And oh, would you look at that? It's the it's the ex-wife. Mm -hmm. um, right. And in doing this, we literally trip over the Norm Macdonald cameo, which is literally mm -hmm. two lines. Mm -hmm. You don't even see him. Yeah, I, di I didn't even notice that it was him. I didn't even recognize his voice. It's a pity. I wonder if that character becomes more mm. prominent later in other episodes. Presumably. Because he's really he's he's credited in the intro credits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean But I mean he's a big name. He probably could have right. done the done that literally phoned in that um that appearance. <laughs> yeah. Um and uh, well, the crew are gossiping about the ex-wife, and that they can hear her arguing with Mercer through the ready room wall, which is kind of cute. Um, mm -hmm. It's like they're the the kids, and the parents are arguing in the bedroom or something. Ah, uh, see, this is how yeah. the best science fiction stories work because they tell a human story that mm -hmm. you can really empathize and relate to. Mm-hmm. So we enter the orbit of of the planet of the of the week, and we um, we get the guy on view screen. His name's Doctor Aronov, and uh, the joke is that there's a dog licking its balls in the background. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, there's something going on here because he's misled them. Um, and it it uh, they have to take a shuttle down, so it seems like they don't have transporter beams. Uh, yeah. In this. Fictional universe. Yeah. There you go. We should, we should note also that Dr. Aronov is played by the same actor who played uh, Babu Bhatt in Seinfeld. <laughs> Great. I didn't pick that up. He he had the um, he had the American rec restaurant with a weird menu, and Jerry suggested <laughs> that he switch the restaurant to a Pakistani restaurant, but then. Nobody came, and it shut down, and then Babu was deported. Oh, no. Yeah. And he ended up uh, living on Epsilon 2. Mm-hmm. He's a scientist. I think it's a, it's a missed opportunity that it's just an Earth dog. I mean, I assume it's an Earth dog, right? Yeah, well... It is another planet, but it's a dog. Like the thing about yeah. dogs, Earth but... dogs is they're cheaper than dogs from other planets mm -hmm. to film. For your but isn't there, if like... If they wanted to make such a big deal about the dog licking himself, they could have given him like three balls or something. <laughs> like it's a space dog. But didn't they but make didn't, an like alien total recall reference in the original Star Trek where it was just a dog in a costume? <laughs> Wolf's <laughs> pet dog was, a, I think, a pig in a costume. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> and uh, for Alien Three, uh, they put. Right. A whippet in an alien costume yes. and tried to film it doing that, but it looked so ridiculous that they uh, just tried something else. Mm -hmm. I'd, right. I'd kill to see that whippet footage. But I don't you know that originally, the originally the alien in Alien was going to be a shaved uh, monkey. Wow. 
It's when uh, they were right, Walter Hill and Daniel Bannon uh, yeah. wrote it originally for Roger Corman. It was going to be like a really cheap direct-to-video <laughs> movie. Wow. And um, the uh, yeah, it just it just became bigger and bigger, and they sold it to. Uh, some big producers, and then really Scott got involved, and he was like, "Shaved monkey, are you guys crazy?" <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that's really how it started. Amazing. That's I have a, I have a cool lot of respect too. for Dan O'Bannon. Yeah, sure. Did you ever see I Dark think... Star? Well, no, but um, uh, he died of Crohn's disease, which is one that I have, right. and he's like one of the celebrities that has Crohn's disease. So uh, uh, that's he's the guy on my list of celebrities that I can look up to. Oh, really? <laughs> There's a similar story, by the way, about mm. uh, the movie Predator. They um, were going to shave Arnold They were going to shave Jean Claude Van Damme. <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently the uh, Predator originally looked like someone in a lizard suit with the head of a duck, according to Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so they yeah. changed it. Also, I think they but, were. They actually were. They shot some footage of like orangutans swinging around to try. They were going to use that as the, the predators movement or something like that. Classy. He was originally played by uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme, the predator. And there's still a couple of shots of him in it. Wow. Really? Yeah. And then it became the guy who also played, uh, I think, who also played the alien in the first alien. A very tall guy. Oh, yeah. I forgot his name. Balaji Badejo. I believe. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Could be, yeah. Tall fellow. Um, Tall fellow. Hey, what's happening in this episode? Uh, oh, so they go down to the Earth-like planet uh, of the week, and uh, they land in front of this facility, which they very clearly filmed at some museum or university or something. And um, it made me wonder how much of the, uh, the vista was like, matte extension of just the, the earth building that they had but you know I couldn't tell um, and it's a, yeah this... I also couldn't tell I also wondered about that but I think it's just some LA building yeah probably yeah. Um, it's at this juncture that we learn about the Klingon stand-ins um, for the series and they're called the Krill the Krill um, mm-hmm. the real bad dudes yeah um, and we walk through the crazy science museum. There's a, a slightly funny joke about a strange creature that pops up out of the water. And oh, that's Dr. Jorvikard. That's, mm-hmm. that's one of the doctors. Um, uh, critically, this will become relevant. We learn that they have um, got redwood seeds that have been engineered with tardigrade DNA, which means that they can grow in any environment and they can survive, you know, whatever conditions. And uh, then we um, go into a lab where we see um, a, some doctors have a, a temporal field ray thing. They use quantum field manipulation to alter the flow of time, and they demonstrate mm-hmm. this with like a rotting banana. And very quickly, um, we get to see that in action, uh, and it, it, it oldifies uh, one of the scientists. Yeah, except for that she somehow, like, remains conscious and alive yeah. for the, like, many, many decades that are going by within yeah, the field. She doesn't like immediately starve to death. in there, yeah. which is like, you would be doing, you'd be doing an ADS scream. 
Mm-hmm. But actually, something very similar happened in the movie The, the Time Machine. Uh, yeah. Uh, like a time field was True. used Guy as a Pierce. weapon. I remember that. That yeah. was very frightening. Yeah. And in but TNG, like... there was also a scene like that in uh, episodes, proof, Timescape, maybe? Uh, I noted that episodes directed by the son of um, Mr. Spock. What's his name? Adam Nimoy. Yeah, Adam Nimoy directed that episode. It's like they're all in a shuttle going somewhere, and then their fruit suddenly becomes very old. Little Jimmy Nimoy. And then Picard sticks his hand in it, and his nails become very long. (laughs) It's a very similar similar scene. But at least, like, in that case, like... The um, the hand isn't like conscious, although <laughs> the hand is screaming. I don't really know how that would work because like, uh, wouldn't it would probably kill him, right? Because like the hand would still be, wouldn't the the hand still need like blood coming from the? Yeah, wouldn't it kill the hand? You're like, right. Immediately. It, yeah. So your circulation yeah. would be completely fucked. His blood would be very old. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I I found the factoid I was looking for about Predator. Apparently, they filmed a monkey in a red special effects suit, but the monkey kept taking the suit off, so they had to ban. <laughs> what a smart monkey! Yeah, he's yeah. like, I don't want to do this. Because he, he he knew Jean Claude Van Damme, and he was like, you know, I'm I'm better than this, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So th- this being the the bit where we learn some sciencey stuff, uh, you can kind of see like the the level of sci-fi that we're dealing with, and this is like one of the things that leads me to to think that this show doesn't really have legs as as mm-hmm. a as a serious sci-fi show because it's uh, like it's not very imaginative, really. Mm-hmm. Am I is my take on that too hot? Well. I I I mean I'll 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 withhold judgment maybe to I'll I'll probably watch a couple more episodes. Okay. I thought it was it, it was interesting um how the uh the episode resolved with a tr- giant tree in space because it was very very similar to um the data lore episode <laughs> of Star Trek the Next Generation. Mm-hmm. It also sort of inexplicably ended with a giant tree in space. Am I correct yeah. about that? Giant tree in space? You mean the correct. crystalline entity? Or? Yeah, but didn't didn't they lore beam suggest a tree into using? Space. Yeah, they oh, used right. a replicator to create a tree <laughs> and beamed it out into space for some reason. I forget why. That's right. Uh, yeah, it's. Um, I assume the crystalline entity eats something like life, life force, something. Mm-hmm. So a tree has life force, maybe. Right. Was it like do, bait? Do not remember. Forget. And then they just... Oh, they they beam it. They like create this life, beam it into space, and then immediately phaser it, don't they? I think so. But I don't remember why. Just to show him who's boss. Mm-hmm. Um, how, does that, how does that tree grow, though? I mean, without water and sunlight... Well, the, uh, is, that a, is that because of the tardigrade DNA? Yeah, yeah, it's the tardigrade DNA. And it has a hundred years, uh, and it can just do 
real good because of what I, what I would be confused about is um, so the tree the seed is on the top of the device presumably there's some kind of field of influence mm. that the tree would soon sort of break out of so the bottom of the tree would be in this device and growing but the top of the tree would be in real time would right. wouldn't that cause like a problem and furthermore if if that's not the case and if the field uh was encompassing all of the tree then it would also encompass all of the ship and yet the ship right. explodes in real time mm-hmm. mm. hole in an otherwise some, flawless some problems yeah, science fiction. We have to maybe uh, mm-hmm. talk to Seth MacFarlane about it. I feel like Seth MacFarlane would, wouldn't be the kind of guy that would like dismiss this question. I feel like he would take it seriously and give a good answer. So I'm well, try to remember get, he get made like three shot by shot remakes of the Star Wars trilogy. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, I do remember that. we yeah, he should. We should get him on this thing. I'm sure he'd talk for an hour about Star Trek mm-hmm. fan films. Yeah. Call us, I'll, Seth. I'll talk to his agent. Um, now, what's going on? Oh, um, one of the lab technicians is working for the krill. It's not important. Um, and <laughs> when we do see the krill, um, did you guys have a thought on who they reminded you of? They reminded me of the aliens from the new Star Trek movie, but... Uh... From, yeah. I don't know. How about you? Um, uh, yes. Byron, did you? Uh, they looked well, kind of like the um, Dominion aliens, yeah, didn't they? The Gem Hadar. And it's, uh, yeah, the Gem Hadar. I had the same thought when I saw Beyond that um, the, the Beyond guy looks like a Gem Hadar as well. Yeah. I forget his name. I think they also look like the malevolent alien character in, I think, Farscape. Hmm. I think um, probably the key here is there's really only so much you can do with, like, um, silicon prostheses. Sure. There's only so many kinds of genres of alien that you can make, and some of them are just going to kind of look like, oh, you know, ridged lizard man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. With protruding, protruding jawlines. It really looks very similar. I'm checking the images now. Mm. And I think it's almost the same design. Even on Voyager, they had that species that um, hunts people, which probably looked the same as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, even his um, costume looks very similar, like the breastplates with uh, greebles on it and stuff. Mm. Well, anyway... It's true, there are only so many designs you can do, I guess. Also look a little bit like the um, the Dark Elves from Thor 2, The Dark World. They say that's the best of the Thor trilogy. I don't know. <laughs> that's Natalie Portman doesn't get to be in that one, does she? She's no, she was in it. For, oh, she is in it? She just wasn't in like the Avengers. Oh. Um, so we get to see some of Mr. Malloy's excellent helmsman skills at this point. He does a trick called hugging the donkey, which mm-hmm. seems to just involve kind of drifting around the um, mm-hmm. the other ship in order to outmaneuver it. 
Right. Um, and meanwhile, they're having a big, you know, laser fight down in the in the uh, LA building, um, <laughs> uh, which is like, you know, there's lots of dashing shots of like uh, Seth, you know, shooting up the place, which is, you know, you can see his wish fulfillment, you know, being realized. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was the point where um, one of the lamest jokes in the episode, but also one of the ones that got the biggest laugh from me, was when uh, the super strong Lieutenant Alara, um, uh, Captain Mercer gets her to um, push yeah. down a door, he, and he says, "Open this jar of pickles for me." And she, you know, smashes it open, and he says, "I loosened it." Which, uh, <laughs> like the, the yeah, stock good. joke. Um, as well, yeah, it's actually, I, um, I say this um, for every jar opening now. This is like a stock joke in my life. Like, even if mm-hmm. I start opening the jar and then I finish it, I will still say, I loosened it for myself. <laughs> loosened it for yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's good. So I, I did laugh at that. Nice little window Do into the private life of Sheaves. Yeah. Um, I think that was my last laugh this episode. <laughs> Maybe there was another one. Um, I'm still just looking at um, pictures of aliens from Farscape. They were very, very well, well made. You know, I never like, saw Farscape, but it was Australian. Wasn't me it? neither. Uh, I don't know. I think it was a Jim Henson company, Jim yeah. Henson um, studio with Great. the Muppet Studio mm-hmm. workshop. Yeah, it right? looks good. I agree. A little before Did the, my time, uh, I think. Yeah, maybe we should do a. A, a detour into I think the, the aliens look good because they're Muppets instead yeah. of uh, prosthetics. They're oh, essentially just Muppets. They look really, uh, really interesting. I agree. Yeah. Oh, there you go. can still be creative with that. Well, at least you can still be creative in like 1995 or 1996, mm. whenever, whenever this was made. Well, of course, Muppets are back in now because they did Muppets in The Force Awakens. That's right. <laughs> did they yeah. really? Yeah, because um, they wanted it to look like Return of the Jedi, which is like packed mm-hmm. with Muppets. Mm-hmm. Um, now, um, they get on the shuttle and, you know, oh, phew, we're safe now, but oh, no, there's a Jem'Hadar on the shuttle with them. And they do the old, um, we're all wearing seatbelts, so they do the brake and push them into the windshield, which makes me wonder, don't all spacecraft have inertial dampers because they yeah. move at incredible velocities? So that yeah. trick wouldn't work. That, that, that yeah. doesn't, that that doesn't make, make any sense. sense. Yeah. And True. actually it doesn't make any sense in like basically any sci-fi show because there's always like jostling on the ship and stuff, which <laughs> is like, if you're accelerating to light speed, then, you know, getting knocked <laughs> on the side shouldn't really be a problem for you. I guess... What I could say is that you could argue that the shuttles probably can't travel at light speed, so maybe they don't have the same uh, inertial dampers. Because mm-hmm. this was a shuttle and not on the uh, the main craft, the Orville, yeah. named for Orville Wright, not the, Orville Redenbacher. Yeah, you, <laughs> that was my first thought was the popcorn guy as well. <laughs> Because you think if it was named for a Wright brother, it would just be the USS Wright. You would think, but no. Hmm. It's the Orville. Or it could be the Wilbur. USS Wilbur. 
if it was the USS Jefferson, you would assume it's uh, Thomas Jefferson and not Jefferson Davis. Yeah. Great. But name. maybe it would be in this dark maybe future. They they celebrate space confederacy. <laughs> There's an alien in Farscape that looks a lot like the alien in um, Star Trek Beyond, the girl who has the spider legs on the back of her head, Ugh. where she hides. You remember the one? Yeah. She hides something in there. Was, there's there's just also a character like that in Farscape. Odd evolutionary yeah. trait, but I guess it came in handy. Yeah, the guy I was thinking of, um, let's see, Space Crip. Okay. Uh, sorry, <laughs> it, it, he's he's got like kind of bondage gear on, so he doesn't look quite as much like like them as I remember. But uh, um, sort of like sort of like the uh, the krill, but with like a leather mask, or like maybe if the krill were also a, a sinuite. <laughs> also, yeah, just into the scene, the dungeon mm-hmm. scene. <sighs> Um, they're 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 back on the ship now. They the way that they get the shuttle back on board is an homage to the what, the bit in I think it's Star Trek Five, um, where they have to fly it in on manual and they like kind of go in hot and mm-hmm. scratch mm-hmm. the place up and bounce. So yeah, another homage. Um, and then uh, they talk to the guy on the view screen and it, oh he's framed wrong except yep and he gives them an ultimatum give us the time ray or else and they decide mm-hmm. to give it to him but kelly has the bright idea to set it to go off when they you know activate it and mm-hmm. uh to put a, a tardigrade redwood seed on it so that it will grow in the blow up and it works yep the end then, the end. Um, the the Kelly and Ed talk in the office. They reconcile, and then she goes and talks to Admiral Halsey and uh, reveals that uh, Mercer got the co- the command of the Orville because of her secret lobbying on his behalf. So, oh, touching. Yeah. End up some uh, some redemption for the the cheating harlot (laughs) um real real progressive depictions of women at play really strong Mm -hmm. female characters Mm -hmm. Um, literally like the strongest character is a woman on the show extremely strong physically strongest yeah super strong it has a great forehead yeah um so yeah overall i wasn't really impressed by this show, it seems to kind of have ideas above its station. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't pull it off. Yeah, and I um, I thought it was uh, potentially promising, but wasn't quite there yet, and may never get there. But like I, yeah. I, 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 I didn't mind it as much as you seem to have minded it yeah. or disliked it. I guess. Like, um. I guess one uh, factor that would influence me is I I watched it I think four times now and the first two times that I tried to watch it I I fell asleep literally yeah I only watched it once so 
Yeah, me too. Once is enough. It's enough. <laughs> um, I hear that they've uh, tricked Charlie's Theron into doing a guest spot later in mm-hmm. the season. <laughs> tricked. Okay. She was um, with Seth in um, that Western movie. That they yeah, but it's. But technically, I mean, if, if, if you haven't seen the first episode, you can expect it to be at least funny. I mean, it's from the guy who did so much comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he has all those Star Trek people producing it. Uh, should be good, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I was really surprised it wasn't more funny. I do wonder uh, that uh, Brandon Braga being the producer, I find it difficult to keep track of all the different producer names, but I know that some of them are kind of associated with um, some of the worst aspects of Star Trek, and then some of them are more associated with some of the better aspects. Like, for instance, Mm -hmm. Rick Berman is kind of associated with its inability to grapple with homosexuality, (laughs) because he would just Mm -hmm. nix that whenever someone brought it up. Mm. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. And then, you know, like some producers were like kind of on Gene's side and then other producers kind of weren't on Gene's side and they thought that the whole sci-fi thing was silly. And there's, you know, there's all these like, so I just wonder if um, where Braga lay in that and whether um, his involvement in this is something that should make us go, oh, exciting, or whether it's something that should make us go, oh, well, he was... He was one of the bad Trek producers. Well, apparently he started on The Next Generation as an intern. And by the end of it, he was a executive, executive producer. Yeah. Yeah. So he's doing something right. I don't know if it's like making a TV show or it's like more political. But uh, I, I, clearly has I will some say, though, I that like uh, it's the first episode and... The first episode of TNG was also not very good. That's that's completely but true. Yeah. It took so, took a couple of episodes, took a couple of seasons for that one to yeah. get. Uh, it's entirely possible. To get some legs. That this will like grow. But at least at least that knew that it was a science fiction program and it wasn't grappling with this sort of dual genre status, which is sort of destabilizing. Right. It, it was highly I would argue that there's more, there's probably more jokes in in an episode of TNG than there are in, this, hmm. in yeah. some episodes, like. For example, an episode where Data has to uh, take care of a little kid or something like that. Mm. <laughs> there are probably more jokes in that. Right. They're just a little bit like bodier in in this. Mm. But again, that's like weirdly tonally inconsistent. Yeah. yeah, and like I I think it it doesn't play well diversity wise either because yeah we do have a diverse cast here but we've got like you know a really kind of like crude white male lead and his problems mm-hmm. are like very white male problems like oh no his wife divorced him mm-hmm. oh he's, mm-hmm. he feels like um unsatisfied with his career it's like uh, it kind of feels like the wrong approach at the wrong time mm-hmm. yeah yeah i guess i hope there will be a scene in another episode where it's just norm mcdonald's blob character Reading yeah. really bad jokes from a stack of cards. So like how you have Data's day. You can have Norm's blob, yeah. the blob's day. Like he's just, they're just in the, I, I assume they'll have something like 10 forwards, but it will just be called slightly different. Yep. And he's mm-hmm. just sitting there with some ensigns and he's just, he's just a, a bunch of cards with really bad jokes. And he's just going through them one by one. <laughs> Nobody laughs. 
Oh. That would be great. Look forward to it, Norm. Well, yeah. I think uh, that that may wrap us up, unless anyone has any uh, further takes to share. Nope. No takes. No. Watch Watch Red Dwarf instead of this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's amazing that they're Way still better. making Red Dwarf. I admit um, I haven't really? watched past season 10. But I didn't know thinking, that. It's probably still all right. That's crazy. And old wow. Red Dwarf is still great. Holds up. Cool. Yeah, I don't think they've been consistently making it, but it's it it will come back for like mm. another series yeah. every once in a while, kind of thing. Just because it's it's not very expensive as far as sci-fi series go. Yeah, <laughs> I think another another series that might you might be able to compare this a little bit is the uh, it's um is it called Lex? Right. Not familiar. It's I think it was I Canadian. Yeah, Canadian German. Okay. But um, I think that had a little bit more light tone that maybe you could consider comparable to something like what they're doing here, but pro- probably mm-hmm. overall better. Mm-hmm. Um, James, just just Google Lex and and you know stew on that for a little yeah, bit. Yeah, might, I'll, might, I'll might be worth Lex another We'll come up with a science fiction series because Lex is not mm-hmm. a word that refers to anything else. At Lex with two X's. Oh, now won't that like get me some? Oh no, TV series. I just thought uh, there might be some more um, uh, some kind of, adult some results. Kind of porno. Seems a bit like a porn some name. Kind of twisted, twisted porno. Uh, it sure looks like a series with some characters in it. Yeah, really the, great. The, that that might be a better a better model to compare, but it but I think Lex. Did you ever watch that, Byron? Like, I, you know, I Did I never watch consistently watched it. Uh, my dad liked it. But it's sort of, it's really? sort of a, I think, a little bit of a, a little bit reminiscent, reminiscent of Red Dwarf, but like with a more serious mm-hmm. tone. Mm-hmm. Well, I actually forward, talked uh, to a, I talked to a director who worked on that. Uh, oh really? Wow. Yes, but not I didn't talk about that with a German guy. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I think I thought it was a really low budget. I'm surprised anybody in America has seen it. <laughs> it was on the uh, the Sci-Fi Channel. Right. Uh, okay. There you go. Seems to have Tim Curry in it, maybe. No. Oh. Just a, a guy that looks kind of like Tim Curry. Oh. Okay. Oh. Tune in next week for Trek Tragedy to a Lex. And or, or Escape. They were on at <laughs> the same time. I think. All right. Well, uh, thanks everyone for listening this thing on the the Seth MacFarlane show, The Orville, and uh, thanks Jan and Byron for, for talking with me about it for, for an hour. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good right. times. See you next right. time, guys. See ya. Bye. 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 Bye.